Well, hello there, my friends. Chris Marcus here with you for Arcadia Economics on an action-packed Wednesday, March 31st. Fortunate to be joined by Rafi the Wise Farber, the maven behind the Endgame Investor, which does the job of the Fed, the CFTC, uh, the CME, as I just found out a little while ago, and we'll report on them after we wrap this one up, but Rafi of the Endgame Investor, great to have you here, sir. How's it going, buddy? Great to be here. I'm a little, I'm a little tired, but I'm, I'm ready to go. <laughs> well, that is a uh, like a true silver warrior. There's no rest for the weary, because last night we kicked off the April COMEX gold delivery contract, which you have been writing about quite a bit. And I'll pull up the Endgame Investor on Seeking Alpha. Today, you even covered more on the Perth Mint. <laughs> there may be footage coming on that one later today, too. But what is going on with these uh, April deliveries? They are underway. We got first notice last night. And what has happened? What are you seeing so far? Indeed, we did have first notice last night in the gold contract. Uh, the final open interest numbers, meaning the number of contracts that are still open by the deadline, which is very close probably to the, at least the number of contracts that will be delivered is about 38,000. Now, what is interesting is not really necessarily the number of deliveries because we had more last year in, Mar in, uh, in April. I think we had was something like uh, 39,000 or something very close to that. Uh, it's not the number of deliveries, it's the amount of metal that's leaving the building. Uh, so for silver, the, the, the active contract was March and that, that just ended. Uh, so we saw something like, um, I think I wrote like 38, 39% of the deliveries called for, uh, 39% of the metal of the, uh, the metal worth of deliveries called for actually left the building. Uh, for, we haven't seen, we didn't see that in all 2020. We saw record deliveries in 2020. We did not see metal leaving the COMEX on net. We saw it going in. Uh, now that's, that's what I'm going to be paying attention to. How much, how much silver and gold is actually leaving the COMEX. So uh, we'll, we'll start to see that in the next few days and over the, over this uh, active delivery month. Uh, that's, that's what's important. And in the context of the Perth Mint, if we're going to take silver as an example, then we do know for a fact. I mean, there's a lot to speculate. We can, we can make up theories, we can weave theories, but as much as we wanna know what's going on, we can only know so much. Like we're, we're, on, we're on the fringe, we're on the outside. Uh, we, can, we can try to get clients who uh, try, to, try to get delivery and try to figure out the story here, but we know for sure, for sure, because it's on the website, it's like right in front of you, that they are rationing, uh, they're, they're rationing coins. They're saying there's a maximum uh, number of, uh, of coins that you can buy per household. I just want to bring this down to the realm of common sense for a second. Uh, you know, when you talk about gold and silver, you can talk about esoteric this, and it gets really confusing. But if you go to a supermarket, right, and they're having a special sale on tomatoes, and it's, uh, you know, I guess in my in my monetary language, two shekels a kilo, or uh, you know, or you know, fifty cents a kilo for uh, fifty cents a pound for for uh, tomatoes. I've been out of America too long. I'm sorry. <laughs> But they'll, they'll limit you to a certain amount of tomatoes per customer because they're having a special sale. And then you, you, say, you know that the price is not normal because they're rationing it for tomatoes, okay? This is what everyone can relate to. 
So if the Perth Mint is rationing silver and saying you can only get this amount of coins per household, then the price has got to be wrong because otherwise they wouldn't be rationing. They'd be trying to sell as much as they can. And what is setting the silver price on the Perth Mint website? What is setting it? How does it de- how does they determine how much to sell their silver for? They look at the benchmarks. One of them is the COMEX. The other, the other one is London. So if, if we see, how do we determine if there's fraud going on here? If we see that there is silver going flowing on net into the COMEX vaults while retail buyers are being choked off because they can only buy a certain amount of retail silver on the, on the, the Perthman website, then obviously the COMEX is being favored because they're trying to stockpile silver for something. And this is not, this is not right. So that's what we have to look out for. Forget about all the stories and all the investigation. Just look at the numbers. Sorry, I'm not hearing you. Oops. I said thank you and let's do that because here's silver. And when you said in terms of signs of fraud, hey, I'm curious. You let me know what you think about this one. But would it seem in any way significant that in the face of what has been described by multiple dealers around the globe as record buying at this exact point, I'm going to finally get some numbers to this, but I think there's a good case to be made that February 2nd was the single biggest day of silver demand in the history of silver. Yet the price fell 10%. Never since then, we've seen metal flying out of here. It's coming out of the trust, which that seems, I mean, you mentioned indications of fraud. I can't say that's fraud, but at least warrants further investigation. Now let's go back to the Perth Mint that you mentioned a second. This happened yesterday, Perth Mint. We invited the West to our refinery to photograph the large amount of silver stockpiles currently available, including 60 tons for sale to investors right now. Interesting, someone pointed out they, the West Australia and their 72 followers. So they, you know, I'm not trying to bash the site, but it's not, why, why didn't they, or actually, as you'll see here, I responded, can you also invite John Adams of Adams Economics so that he could publicly address the questions he had found I mean, if somebody accuses me of something and I want to at least convince people, hey, that person said something that's not true. Yeah, ask me the questions. And it's interesting if you look through the uh, <laughs> comments here, didn't seem like this exercise worked out well. May I kindly ask when I go to the website, Silver Bar is not available. So this guy, the Perth Mint, he posted the link. How come uh, your switch cut me off five times the other day when I was trying to buy silver? Radio interview with the CEO was terrible. Um, Why do you have a 10 kilogram limit per order if you have plenty of silver? Um, Why does the journalist you invited to document this only have 71 followers? I mean, it does not seem here there's people posting questions uh, I think the limit has gone down to five kilograms per order, which, again, I don't know. Maybe there's an explanation. Maybe there's not. But it's like these signs just continue to add up. Again, going back to the COMEX here, this was also the same exact time they made the midnight changes in the prospectus. And you talk about, you know, they send Jeff Curry on TV saying, the reason you can't have a silver squeeze is because you have position limits. And the position limit is 6,000 contracts. 
Here's Goldman going over the position limit again. <laughs> well, and and I won't dig into it now because I want to let you talk, but I just called the CME to ask if I was interpreting that correctly. Now, let's just say that went about as well as this Twitter exchange went for Perth Mint. Uh, look, it, um, to address position limits first, look, uh, th there's, there's many different attacking angles in this silver analyst um, industry, I guess, that we're part of. Uh, I don't know if you want to call it a silver analyst industry. It's just it's something that we do because we're very new, interested new in monetary. New industry, Rafi. We're going to create it. <laughs> we're going to be trailblazers. It's like before they had sports radio. People didn't know it was a thing. Now silver talk radio is an industry. So carry on, sir. <laughs> okay. So so the, these these uh, position limits, they're, they're self-imposed rules by the, the, the silver cartel where, all, where, where a lot of the silver is stored on themselves. Like it's, it's sort of like the, the idea, the absurdity of an idea of an independent judiciary in a democracy. I mean, I, I, I agree that there is some value to that notion that there's checks and balances between the judicial system and the executive branch and the legislative branch. I know I filled it all in the third grade government studies or whatever, civics. Uh, you know, I identify with the checks and balances were, but essentially, uh, you know, the Supreme Court and uh, all the courts of the United States are part of the same state mechanism that the executive branch is part of. So in the end, inexorably, they end up defending each other because they're all part of the same cadre, the same uh, the same group of uh, the same gang. So, it, it, I mean, it, it's, it's the same thing in the, the silver self-imposed rule gang. You know they can they can make rules that there's there's six thousand contracts and you can try to trip them up on that and call the CFTC and I, there's value to that I'm not saying there isn't but but what but in fact that uh, are is, you go that is what the guy told me he's like the CFTC monitors it I'm like yes yes there, there's there's value to going after the official institutions of these uh, of these controls but they're but but essentially they're all on the same team. And the fact that there are even controls to position sizes means that the market is inherently unstable because in a free market, there shouldn't be any controls on any position sizes of anything you want to buy because supply and demand should, should, should balance themselves out wherever they end up being and create a price discovery. So the, the, the value of going after these official rules that they're breaking is in the, the PR that you get from it. Yeah, they're breaking their rules. They do it all the time. That's what they do, but you see, let, let's 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 again bring this down to the realm of common sense, right? So you know, every so often you see these like uh, these weird fads. Let's let, let's let's say like Beanie Babies, right? Or um, or Pet Rocks. You know, they they show these weird things show up every now and then where where everybody buys some weird toy that that goes out of style in like you know a few months, but while it's getting very popular the price for that thing goes way up and all the kids want it and it goes crazy. So now, now, now a lot of people consider silver a pet rock. We know differently because it's the center, it's the fulcrum of the entire monetary system, but you have to be, you have to really understand, you know, Mises's regression theorem on money and what money is to really understand that we're at the core of the system here. Otherwise you think silver is a pet rock. And I understand why, because it doesn't do anything. I mean, it, it has industrial uses, but it just sits there as money. Uh, so like what, when, when, let's say if silver is a pet rock, even pet rocks 
when they're very, very popular, they go up in price, right? You talk to Andy Schechtman or all these CEOs of these silver retail bullion salesmen, and they're saying that their sales are through the damn roof. You know, they use expletives to describe what's going on now. And still the price goes lower. I mean, this something is not right here. <laughs> the pet rocks should be going up in value. Even if you hold that silver is a pet rock, it should be rising in its paper price, but it isn't. Somebody is trying to, uh, you know, gather all the supply here, which is why there are supply crunches in the Perth Mint, which is why they are having uh, um, uh, position limits on retailers. You can only you can only buy five kilos. That's a position limit on retails uh, on retailers. You know, forget about the six thousand contract position limits on the big boys. I mean, the, these position limits on the Perth Mint are not fair because the price is wrong. Rafi, what happens uh, in a supply and demand standpoint when you tell people they can't have something they want? They're going to raise the price. <laughs> the people are going to raise the price because because monopolies, you know, they, they had this problem in the 19th century a lot with, uh, with railroad monopolies. Like they, they always tried to collude on these prices, but they, these monopolies, they always broke because someone always tried to get a better deal and tried to lower the price to, to sell the product. Right. So, so somebody on the COMEX is going to want the profits and they're going to break and they're going to sell it to the mints at a higher price and the, pri and the paper price is going to break higher. It, th there's never been a case in human history where a monopoly can be maintained forever. They can be maintained for a while. They can. That, that can happen. That's what's happening now, it seems. But it's going to break. And when it breaks, it's going to break quickly. And it maybe it maybe even happened today. I saw a spike in silver. I saw a spike in, in soybeans and, and all these commodities. All of a sudden, at, at one, at one, uh, a few minutes on the COMEX, uh, it could maybe it was Biden's like four trillion, six trillion, eight trillion dollars spending plans and whatever infrastructure he has. I don't know what it was, but it's it's going to happen. I have no doubt. Yeah, and Rafi, uh, speaking of that plan. It does not seem that Joe Biden and Circleback Saki and the gang spent as much time with their Austrian von Mises textbooks as you did, which certainly for uh, certain folks is uh, unfortunate. But I'm assuming you're taking the over on two trillion on this one. Oh, yeah, it'll be over two trillion. If they're saying in the media, they're saying, you know, up to four trillion, which means it'll be more than four trillion. What, what kind of odds lower. do you? What kind of odds do I have to give you if I want the over on two trillion? <laughs> a lot. Yeah, it, it's going to be more than four trillion. And All if right. it's a, it, yeah, the, the the reason he wanted to split it up into two, they're saying he wants to split the, the bill up into two, is because he doesn't want these like big headlines of four, six, eight trillion in the in the you know in the mainstream media. He wants it two trillion at a time. You're know, like small bites. You remember back in two thousand eight when they're talking about a seven hundred billion dollar tar bailout, and that was a huge number for everybody. Well, now like two trillion is small. Okay, two trillion fine, but like you know, six trillion, eight trillion, a little bit too, a little bit too much, a little bit too rich for my blood. They say these days. Well, fortunately, if there's anyone who's going to know how to solve this, obviously it's Jeff Curry of Goldman Sachs. And following up on what you, you believe that who voted downvoted Jeff 151 times? Complete fools. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I will join that club. But let's take a listen to what what my man Jeff said here. Again, this is Jeff Curry, allegedly of Goldman Sachs. His appearance changes a lot, but um, talking about why there, it's impossible. Not like there's no, like a low probability, just flat out can't happen. Let's hear what Jeffy had to say. 
naked short like an inequity. But here's the main reason why I don't think it's possible to squeeze one of these markets uh, like what the Hunt brothers did in 1980. They've got position limits in these markets and they've gotten tighter and tighter. There's seven and a half million ounces right now, um, which means that if you were to squeeze it, you would have to divvy. So they have position limits, although what Jeff didn't mention is that his bank routinely violates the position limits because it's 6,000, as I did confirm with the CME. And uh, people just have to wait until uh, 315 Central to hear the rest of that conversation was quite wild. Um, but yeah, there's Goldman going over the position limit. And Rafi, did uh, are you still there, sir? Did I lose yes. You? Oh, there we go. Um, so again, and that's the thing. It's like, I don't, when the numbers are rigged, they tell you limited information, but when you continue to see red flags emerge, like you used the word fraud before, and I've spent the past decade looking at silver or paper silver as something like Enron or Bernie Madoff. And I wondered, what would you expect to see right before this thing starts to finally go? And I mean, even more than I share on the air, like what does my gut tell me? It's like days like today where I'm hearing this stuff from the Perth Mint and, you know, then apparently the Perth Mint's like name calling the, the Wall Street Silver. They're like these keyboard warriors. So they're calling them keyboard warriors. They're not disputing any of the evidence or answering any of the questions like these things start to build up. And now we see, like you pointed out, metal coming off the COMEX. And again, well, if the price was 24.40 here and 24.40 there, but you just had a lot of volatility. And if we live in a world where there are algorithms that trade on headlines where a human doesn't even have to be involved, does that at least open the possibility that you could put this headline COVID, that headline trade war? Like you said, if you have a two, $6 trillion infrastructure and you stagger the headlines, oh, it's on, it's off, jerk it back and forth, can be stopping people in and out of contracts all along the way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, here, look, here we're talking about short term, weeks, months, maybe. But I mean, your, your question is, what, what would I expect to see when this thing is about to break? In terms of the numbers that I would, I would have to, I, I would be seeing, I would be seeing nominal backwardation in the silver markets. I would be seeing uh, the price for the near contract substantially higher, maybe by, you know, 10, 20, 30 cents than the nearest future. I would see it like this. All you got to do is look, look at corn, look at soybeans, look at wheat. Look at the deep backwardation in these markets, the spot prices for these commodities, agricultural commodities, for these, this, these basic foodstuffs. They're much more expensive than the futures prices, and their prices just keep going up and up and up. That is what is going to happen in gold and silver. But the thing is, when, when it happens in silver, that it's really happening to the dollar. Because I, I, I say this, 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 this is my mantra, and this is what I tr I'm trying to get out into the open here that nobody, even in the Austrian school, I think they understand this point, but they have not articulated it in, in, ter in, in terms of the, 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 um, the importance that I, that I give it, that, that we might not be on a gold or silver standard now in terms of a set amount of gold and silver that is exchangeable for a paper dollar. But 
we are still on a gold and silver standard right now in the dollar in the sense that the only reason the dollar has any purchasing power at all, that it can buy you bananas in a supermarket, is because it can still buy some amount of gold and silver. So we guess we are still on a gold and silver standard. We have to be because gold and silver is still the real money here and dollar is only a substitute for that. But once the dollar cannot be exchangeable for any amount of gold and silver, the dollar is dead. And once the dollar is dead, every fiat currency that is indexed to the dollar is dead and the entire global fiat monetary system goes. So we're not talking about a pet rock here. We're talking about the entire monetary system. So the fact that it is manipulated lower to get people to stop buying it as a monetary reserve makes a lot of sense. But this time it's not working because the sales are not stopping. And the only, re the only way to stop it is to ration them, which is what, what's happening now. But that's not even stopping it either. So, I mean, that, that's, that's what I'm trying to make clear. Like, this is the center of it all right here. It's not Bitcoin. It's silver and gold. And primarily, I would see if it's, it's even silver because, because the, the, the main economic power of, of the masses is in the middle class. And silver is really retail gold. It's really the, the, the common man's gold because gold is relatively unaffordable. But silver is just plain money. It always has been. It always will be. And it is now. Well, I think as brilliant as that was just stated, I'm going to dispute part of it on behalf of Rafi Farber for Rafi Farber, because while you do highlight silver, and I certainly agree with that, Rafi Farber on the Endgame Investor was talking about platinum, and we see already 1,600 contracts on day one there. Uh, let's take a look at the interest and... Perhaps any platinum thoughts before we wrap up here, sir? Okay, well, platinum, just a, just a linguistic thought here. I think platinum, in, maybe in Spanish, I just saw this somewhere that platinum means a little silver. It was only discovered in the 19th century, this material, and it's useful in catalytic conversion, other things. But plat platinum... The, um, the, the numbers of owners, the number of owners per ounce, notional and platinum is much higher than gold and silver. Uh, I think it's about, it's about 5.5 now, whereas for gold, it's about 2.5 owners um, per ounce, meaning the, the owners per ounce means the amount of contracts that are being traded for notional silver versus the amount of, of uh, sorry, for, um, for gold that actually exists versus uh, the, the amount of contracts being traded. So for platinum, it's consistently higher. And now we, we have seen gold start to move down in the COMEX in terms of physical stocks. And we have seen that in substantial amounts in silver. We have not seen it in platinum yet. But platinum is much more vulnerable to a squeeze in terms of the leverage on the COMEX than gold and silver are. Uh, this was since March 2020. Uh, in, in March 2020, the leverage really went down. Uh, there must have been some kind of panic in the bullion banks to really bring down this leverage ratio. Uh, but in platinum, it's still pretty high. It went down in July in platinum as opposed to in March in gold. Uh, but platinum is vulnerable to a squeeze. So if we start seeing platinum physical stocks move down in this delivery cycle, we'll know that something is happening. I consider platinum to be like the queen on the chessboard, whereas um, uh, gold and silver are the king together because they're really the same material. It's just that silver is a retail form of gold in my, in my view of the monetary system. 
Um, but uh, if, if platinum is taken out first, it wouldn't collapse the dollar because the dollar was never indexed to platinum. The dollar is based on, on a, a weight of silver and a weight of gold at different times in history, but it was never indexed to platinum. So if, if platinum is in a squeeze on the COMEX, it would be damaging to the dollar, but it would not be fatal. But uh, I think, and I, I might be wrong in this, I'm speculating. I think we got a corner platinum first before gold and silver are taken over. And I'm not calling on people to like, you know, splurge on platinum. There's not a lot of it in the comic. It's very, very little compared to silver and gold. And I think uh, the, the big boys will take care of that first. But uh, that, that's my, that might be what we will be seeing. Platinum squeeze, hashtag platinum squeeze. Well, Rafi, I sure appreciate that. And who knows if there's anything that could take out platinum, gold, and silver all at once, it could be the Biden infrastructure speech. Um, it looks like uh, yields have jumped to the sixth, almost, almost a basis point. Wow, the market here is your wise wisdom that you have passed on here. And fortunately, uh, to stay miles ahead of anything published on CNBC, imagine if you had this same website but actually, instead of stories that are designed to mislead people and feed them at the Goldman Sachs lunch buffet, folks could go to the Endgame Investor. That's where Chris Marcus goes. If anyone wants to like research like Chris. Rafi, I will say it again. I said it last time. I guess you're my top, like you're the best daily blog out there that gets all this stuff. So... Uh, even with all the other things I'm doing here, I make time to get to your column first. Can you let folks know what they get there and how they can get access to it? Yeah, sure. Just Google Endgame Investor. Uh, you'll find it first link and uh, you get a daily market commentary. I, I primarily focus on the COMEX and inflation numbers and monetary analysis. That's, that is my expertise. Uh, every day, a uh, special weekend report that is more uh, fleshed out and uh, a model portfolio and what I'm trading and what I'm investing in uh, by the day and uh, buying dips, selling rallies until we get to this end game and holding the core and keeping emotional balance is my, uh, my motto. And uh, <laughs> this is going to be a difficult last few months, maybe a year, but it's, it's, it's going to be hard and it's going to be emotionally, uh, it's going to be an emotional toll for all of us. Uh, we got to be prepared for it. We got to be prepared for the fight that's ahead, and uh, it's going to get intense. So I uh, hope you're with us. And I, I get a, I get a lot of a lot of good information from my subscribers. Um, we have a lot of people in Australia that are sharing information about what their experiences with Perth Mint. So uh, yeah, it's it's a good community. It's good community. It's not just me frontally lecturing. It's 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 a lot of comments from um, from subscribers from different places in the world that are telling me their situation in gold and silver around them. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing I'm scrolling through here. You actually cover all the important stuff. Plus, I love the gems here. Do I, do I need to go watch this press conference? Is this like must-see calamity reality TV? You said $4 trillion in new spending uh, in the most pathetic press conference I've ever seen. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was, that's referring to a J.P. Sears video who uh, is, is actually one of the heroic people going on about the, the whole COVID fiasco and this whole totalitarianism regime oh, coming up. Is that up, the one but, I uh, was watching on Facebook? It's about 18 minutes long and he's explaining what's really inside the vaccines and all that? No, no, I don't think that's it. He, he, does, he, doesn't, he doesn't do vaccine commentary, but if you, if you haven't looked up J.P. Sears, he's one of the, he's one of the modern heroes. 
you gotta you gotta you gotta see them on youtube well i don't necessarily have to because i could just follow my <laughs> personal style of going the laziest route possible and just wait till the end game investor pops up into my inbox tomorrow so rafi i thank you sir um Outside of Jeff Curry, you might be the most knowledgeable voice in the silver space, but at <laughs> least if there's anyone who can rise up to that high bar he has set, I know you're the man. So thank you for joining me. We'll look forward to checking in again. And in 15 minutes, if anyone wants to hear <laughs> how it works, which banks are allowed to railroad the position limits, directly in uh, the words of a very nice guy at the CME, uh, but whoever is setting the policies there, well, we'll dig into that. So Rafi, we'll check in soon. Thank you, sir. Good to see you, Chris. Always good talking to you. And we